Welcome to Find the Good, a weekly offering focused on finding the good in our lives despite the challenges and the chaos that face us every day. My words are meant to inspire, but be real. And what I mean by that is be real life applicable. It is often easy to hear someone's words of inspiration when life is good, but it is so hard to relate to when life is tough. I want to speak to those of you who are going through the good and the bad and the in-between and be truly relatable. I want to give you bite-sized pieces of inspiration that can help you to find the good even during the bad. Today, I want to talk to you about how to get more yeses in your life, or in other words, how to get the things you're going after. This has been an area that I have been interested in for a long time, and I've studied the yeses in life because personally, I want more. I want more yeses in life, and I want to be able to help my clients to get more yeses as well. Oftentimes, when we put ourselves out there, when we try things, perhaps like applying for a new job, asking someone on a date, presenting a proposal at work, presenting a thesis at school, or even asking for a raise or a promotion, we are doing these things because we are seeking a yes. We are seeking the opportunity to move forward with something. We are seeking acceptance and that someone else believes in what we believe in too. I have three key tips for getting more yeses in your life. Starting off with tip number one, you have to know what you want to get what you want, and you have to know how it's connected to your vision and goals in your life. One of the most impactful memories I have in getting a yes in my life was when I applied to graduate school. I remember applying for a program that I had no official background in. I was applying to get my master's degree in exercise physiology, and my undergraduate degree was in international business, and I had just spent four years working in business consulting. I had told myself that the only way I could go back to school was if I not only got into the program, but then if I got a full scholarship to it. This would require me to get a graduate assistantship. Given that this was such a popular program at The Ohio State University, I knew I was at a disadvantage as everyone else applying for the same program had the proper background. They had the undergraduate degree in exercise physiology, and many of them had gone to the same program in undergraduate school, so they already knew the professors and had created those relationships that are so important to securing success. But I had something that I thought gave me an advantage. I had a dream for where I wanted to go, and getting into this program was a stepping stone that I needed in order to move forward with that dream. When I came to my interview for the program and for the graduate assistantship, I knew I had a different story than anyone who sat down in front of that professor. Now, I had a good background in academics, was always doing well in school, and I was working for a top company. So of course, those things showed that I had the ability to be successful in my life. However, what the professor needed to see was a link to his program. Not only what that program would do for me, but what I could do for that program. I was able to articulate my vision for what I wanted to do with that degree and how my background could provide diversity and a new perspective to those students and professors within the program. I also said that what I wanted to do with the program was something unique and different, and that if I could perhaps chart out a new pathway for what people could do in this area, it could really break some new ground. And I said all of those things to that professor without a pause, without hesitation, without Um, uh, 
I was extremely clear on what I wanted to do with that degree. I brought confidence, positive energy. I talked the entire time with a smile on my face and I made eye contact with that professor. When I was finished, I paused and I looked up to him. I didn't force the sale, meaning I didn't say what you learn so often in sales programs. So what do you think, professor? Will you bring me in? But I paused and I allowed him to talk and share about his program. And if he could see me and a connection between what I wanted to do and what the program could offer. The professor who was in his last year before retirement, who could have taken the sure thing student who wasn't deviating from his typical applicant. That professor, he took a deep breath. He sighed. He looked at me. He smiled and said, I don't know why, but I am so intrigued by what you want to do with our program. And while this is a risk, and there are some prerequisites that you'll need to complete to get you ready, I'm going to offer you my last graduate assistantship position. He said yes. He said yes on the spot. He said yes because I could articulate what I wanted and could connect the dots between what his program could offer and how I could make it unique and interesting. I tried not to be like everyone else. I want to say that again. I tried not to be like everyone else. I tried not to compete, but be my own best competition. I shared how my differences in my background were actually an advantage and how I could boost the program and help it to have new energy and new possibilities. It was not only one of the greatest opportunities of my life as it helped me to change the direction of my life into new ways that have allowed me to live into my dreams, but every year since I've graduated, and that's now 14 years later, I've been asked by The Ohio State University to come back and speak to the students about creative and unique things you can do with a degree in exercise physiology. And I do. I go back every year. You have to know what you want to get what you want. My second tip is not only in knowing what you want and being able to articulate it, but also in how you carry yourself. I've worked with this one particular client who is so very talented. In fact, she was so smart and well-spoken. She impressed me from the minute I met her. However, she told me that she always struggled to get yeses. So as we began to meet more often, I realized that she always kept her head down when she talked and she never made eye contact. She had this struggle of getting the yes out of people despite her qualifications and I had a hunch it had something to do with the way she carried herself. So we worked with her body posture and confidence because I'm sure you've heard before, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will either. But in studies show that when we don't make eye contact and when we keep our head down, we come across as if we are ashamed, embarrassed, not confident, or even that we might be hiding something. This causes us to create this sense of not being trustworthy. So this doesn't have to be stated out loud for somebody to be able to make that impression. And we often make decisions based on the impressions that we perceive. Amy Cuddy, who is a social psychologist who has several different books out, has one of my favorite TED Talks, and she discusses how body language can help us to create the impressions that we want. So I definitely encourage you to go listen to her TED Talk. It is truly inspirational, one of my favorites. It's called Your Body Language May Shape Who You Are. 
but by how we carry ourselves. Amy Cuddy says it, I've learned it, and I've seen it happen so often now in every aspect of life. By how we carry ourselves, we give off a yes vibe or a no vibe. One of the things that strong postures and carrying ourselves with strength and posture allows us to do is create chemicals in our brain or hormonal releases that give us confidence and courage. So just by sitting tall right now, as you're sitting here listening to me, or if you're walking or standing, I want you to try to stand taller. Lift your rib cage, lengthen your back, lift your head up. By holding this posture for just a few minutes, you're going to start to create some chemicals in the brain, this response in the brain that immediately tells you you're more confident and courageous. It's amazing and true. Make sure to practice how you carry yourself. It's that tall back, open heart, eye contact, smile, and pointing your body in the direction of the person you're talking to. That may sound silly, but it's true. They say that if our heart and our belly button are pointed in a different direction from the person that you're trying to make impact on, you will come across as if you are not really interested in that conversation. One of the advice or pieces of advice that I have is to take a class like Pilates on a regular basis. This will help you to physically develop the strength in the core and back that naturally allows somebody to carry themselves a little taller. So I hope this will make you laugh for a minute. Despite me not being a tall person or even of average height, because yes, I'm a shorty, people always tell me they're shocked when they meet me in person as they imagined I was much taller. I think it's because of how I come across with my presence. I have a tall, strong presence, even if, as my friends call it, I'm fun-sized. <laughs> I'm pretty short. But at any rate, I want you to make a habit of standing and sitting tall and allowing your body posture to show that you're confident and courageous, even when you don't always feel that way. Sometimes just the way you carry yourself will allow you to feel more confident, sort of that fake it till you make it sort of thing. All right, so I want to move on to my final tip, my third tip, and it is in not letting the past dictate your possibility of yes in the future. I'm going to say this again because I love it. We cannot let the past dictate our possibility of yes in the future. I don't care how many no's you've had in your life. I don't care how many failures, disappointments, how many times you've gone left when you tried to go right. I do not care because you know what? Today is the new day of having yes in your life. If we all base what we think is possible based on our past experiences, we will never get beyond where we are today. We have to look beyond what we know and believe in more than that. If we only believe in what we know is possible based on proof in our lives, we just stay stuck. And I am not about being stuck and I am not about you being stuck. I want you to move forward with confidence and courage and joy and really look forward to where you are headed in life. I want you to thrive. The definition of thrive is not only doing well today, but believing that tomorrow will be even better. And that's what I want for you. So my example in this story, I get really excited about this part, is in a little dog named Piper. Piper was part of a 166 dog rescue where she was found in a barn in Southern Ohio. The people who were hoarding these dogs had stolen them out of other people's yards and tried to sell them on various websites. Those who weren't sold were abused, neglected, and starved. When the Humane Society came in to save these pups, Pipers had one of the worst body conditions at a one. Zero is dead. 
The wonderful veterinary team who took care of her nursed her back into good health over a few months. But I will tell you, two years later, she still has a hard time walking. As she was shoved into a crate that was too small for her for too long, she has arthritis. All of her teeth rotted out. She has no teeth. She's deaf. And she lost an eye. And the eye that she has, she can't see out of very well. So Piper, some might say, has been in a tough condition for a while. At least that's what you might think. So I saw a post about her being available for adoption. And here's this dog that has all these special needs. She's deaf, partially blind, can't walk well, no teeth. And it seemed like she was the last of these 166 dogs to get adopted. It seemed like nobody wanted to take on this special needs dog. And I truly think it's because we often are afraid. What if I mess up? How do I know how to do this? Maybe somebody else is better qualified. And, and so we always think it's not us. But sometimes it is you. If it's in your heart, you'll figure it out. So I had this feeling in my heart that I wanted to adopt her, but I was concerned because I knew anybody who's gone through pain, hurt, neglect, and even abuse will remember those things. And they may choose to protect themselves in the future by closing themselves off or even being reactive and violent in order to keep themselves safe. And if Piper, if she was violent or aggressive, I couldn't have brought her into my home as I already have two dogs and I wouldn't want them to be put into a negative or potentially hurtful situation. But when I brought Piper in, she was the exact opposite. It was as if she was able to close the door of her past and be open to this warm, new, welcoming home that loved her as she pranced around, snuggled with all of us, and was immediately loving and happy. She is the most peaceful and kind dog. Two years later, after all of that devastation that she went through, she's been a part of our family now. She teaches us about being a good person. And she is a furry angel in my family's life. So I want you to think about how often we let life harden us. We have heartbreak. We fail. We have people that disappoint us. Things don't go as planned. People put us down or even treat us unfairly. Have you ever found yourself saying, how did I ever get here? It's easy for us to close off and not give people chances in the future when we're so disappointed, hurt, or devastated. But I want you to listen to me. We must unharden our hearts and be open to the possibilities and the good things that are waiting for us. It's when I say that it actually brings tears to my eyes because it's such an emotional choice to make. We must allow ourselves to be open to give and receive love and kindness. Whatever we expect, it typically happens. We must unharden our hearts and be open to the possibilities and good things waiting for us. We must allow ourselves to be open to give and receive love and kindness. I say that again and again because it's something so difficult. It is so easy for us to close those doors. And we think it's because we're protecting ourselves, but all we're doing is hiding ourselves from the possibility of an amazing future. We can learn a lot from Piper. I've shared her message so many times. I believe that Piper's purpose in life is to share that message with others, and I can just be her voice. 
So I do take her on the road with me. I do many motivational talks and I take her with me and she loves going on stage and just sits there and enjoys the spotlight like she was made for it. It warms my heart every time. And I always tell her how her life has impacted so many others. And I know she believes it. She's a very confident little dog. (laughs) So as I wrap up here, sometimes we get no's on purpose. The no's aren't there to keep us out or to punish us. They're there to remind us how strong we are and how much we want something and how we can work to refocus our energy to make the yeses happen. I also find that yeses happen on time. Sometimes we get delayed in our yeses because if the yes would come too early, it wouldn't work out or it wouldn't be the right thing at the right time. So I encourage you to have a combination of focus and that is know what you want and be able to clearly articulate it. Stand tall and give off the vibe that says you are confident and open your heart and do not be defined by the past. But in doing all those things, also trust that if you do all of those things and you still get a no, It's just because the door that you want to open isn't ready. Or perhaps it's not your door. And you have a more amazing door waiting for you. You just have to be open to seeing it. Here's to more yeses in your life.